Blog Talk Radio. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the May 26, 2008 episode of Rubber Guard Radio. Uh, we're doing it special today, considering it's a holiday. Uh, this episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsors. First off, FogCityWrestling.com. Um, if you're anywhere in the Northern California area, uh, July 5th, uh, they will be debuting in a new building, Kizar Auditorium. Um, you can get all the information for that show, FogCityWrestling.com. And the other sponsor would be WrestleWarehouse.com. Um, you need wrestling DVDs, uh, T-shirts, all kinds of different swag. Uh, check them out. Uh, Jeff will take care of you. Uh, WrestleWarehouse.com and tell them KZ from Rubber Guard Radio sent you. And we have a very packed show today. On the line, I have the owner, operator, founder of Chikara Pro Wrestling, Mr. Mike Quackenbush. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks very much. Okay, I have you for about a half an hour, so we're not going to screw around. Um, so, how did you, how did you fall in love with with the business as a fan? Well, when I was young, uh, where I lived, we only got the WWF television program, and most of what was going on on those shows really didn't interest me at all. I, I thought it was really quite stale and boring, even though. There was a group of guys who lived in my neighborhood that were very enthusiastic about what was going on in pro wrestling at the time. This is well, the first couple of WrestleManias were happening. You know, it's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan, not just in the Northeast. I'm from Pennsylvania, but really all over the world. And uh, it wasn't until later when I saw uh, the very first time Jushin Liger came to the United States uh, and was on WCW television. You know, I saw him on a, a free TV show, and it just seemed to me to be all the things uh, that the WWF was lacking. I really thought um, his matches brought a level of elegance and acrobatics and just energy and originality that I felt were utterly devoid, you know, in the infinite number of Ultimate Warrior squash matches and everything else that was going on at that time in the WWF, and that really turned me on to the product. Well, you know, Liger, his stuff back then still stands the test of time now, and... He's done nothing but evolve, um, you know, due to putting on weight and, and physical, you know, injuries and whatnot. But he has evolved, and I think that he's probably better now than he's ever been because he's doing more of the, the ground-based stuff, which is, you know, fine by me. Um, I love high flying. I think when the final word is written on uh, Liger's career, people will realize that uh, I, I think there are very few guys uh, and he might be in a class unto himself, who have consistently stayed ahead of the curve. He's always ahead of his time. Um, he's never the guy who's behind the trend. He's always out in front of it. And that's really been the case with him since 1990. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you, you know what? I'd, have, I'd really have to rack my brain to, to point out a bad Liger match. Um, could mm-hmm. you? No, I... I and uh, I was a real loyal devotee of Liger's for 10 years. I don't think there was a match of his, televised or otherwise, that I didn't see. And, you know, uh, probably with the notable exception, I guess, if there was one in particular where he broke his ankle and had to end the match abruptly, uh, which, you know, really doesn't count. Uh, his performances were always consistently excellent. Okay. So you discovered Liger. Um, when, did you, when did you say, okay, I want to do this? 
I think you know, as soon as I saw Liger, especially because he was smaller than you know a lot of the sort of hulking oafs on WWF television, uh, and, and because we only for, for many many years got WWF where I lived, that was my con- uh, conceptualization of what pro wrestlers were. You know, they, they were these hulking freaks, and uh, you know you had to have some kind of uh, inhuman physique to be part of it. And Liger, on the other hand, was very average. If, if anything, you know, he was smaller than I was. Um, you know, of short stature, and uh, it didn't seem like the key to his success was having an outlandish physique. Uh, you know, the key to his success was, uh, you know, his originality and the fact that he was able to do things that no one else was doing. And, um, you know, he, he was a, a cutting-edge high flyer back in that day. And, and that, to me, was a very exciting idea that you could be this type of wrestler because especially at that same time, the WWF had no one of that mold. You know, the closest they had really come during that time was the Blue Blazer and uh, you know, unfortunately, his his run was, was was fairly short compared to some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. So, how did you break into the business? Who trained you, and and um, how how difficult was it for you to take that step? Uh, well, I got in a in a very backwards manner. Um, I I had been wrestling on the independent circuit for years, really, before I got any actual training. Um, I was just so foolish uh, in the way that I went about doing things. Um, but I didn't know any better. You know, I, I had no idea what the system was. And uh, this was, uh, you know, it wasn't like you could just go on Google uh, at that time and find out how you started in wrestling. Um, so finding a wrestling school or things like that were utterly unknown to me. Um, I can remember, the, you know, the very first couple times uh, there was a company out towards uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called United States Championship Wrestling. And uh, a buddy of mine and I, we would just, uh, you know, kind of pack up what we thought looked like wrestling gear and we'd go and, We'd show up extra early, and you know, if they needed us to put out the chairs or whatever it was that we had to do, and we'd introduce ourselves to the promoter and say, you know, if you need anybody to have a match tonight, here we are, and we brought our awful-looking costumes and this sort of thing, and you know, a couple times I guess he would laugh at us or whatever, but we kept showing up, and eventually that day came when he said, you know what, there's there's an opening on the show, somebody's not going to be here, well, you better put your outfits on, and you're on fourth with Man Mountain Chris, and before you knew it, off we went, and and that's that's how we got in, and. Um, it, it wasn't until long after that that I got any real training. There was little bits of training that I would get here and there. You know, someone would say to me, oh, you know, you're not doing this right, or obviously looks like you don't know what you're doing with this. But uh, I didn't really attend classes or have someone that really took me under their wing until I had been wrestling and collecting paydays for several years, which is really a, a, a dangerous and, and very backwards way to do it, and I, I don't recommend it to anyone. But it is an interesting story nonetheless. So, you know, it, it's not your run-of-the-mill, you know, I saw this commercial on Raw and I went to school. <laughs> so you you were based out of Pennsylvania, and I'm assuming that you worked for um, the IWA, which was, I think, uh, Mest's group, Mark Mest, if I remember uh, right. Sure. I mean, uh, Mark Mest was instrumental in that. I never actually worked for that group in particular, but they uh, – they did have a long run in Pennsylvania in the mid to late 90s. And um, I worked for, I mean, Pennsylvania Independence, big and uh, big and small, into Ohio, Delaware, but in particular, never the Reading version of IWA, which was based out of my hometown. Yeah, <laughs> kind of odd. Yeah, I mean, that uh, it would have been a nice job to have, considering they ran about five minutes from where I lived. Oh, tremendous. Well, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned Mark Mest. Um, what do you think of the Mets brothers as far as um, um, guys outside of the ring and workers in the ring? 
Well, I'm trying to think if I've ever if I've ever wrestled either Mark or Troy. I don't know that I have. Um, I've, I've certainly been on plenty of shows where they were, and they've always been very friendly to me. Mark's one of the friendliest guys I think I've ever met in the business, and and still is. I saw him, you know, not all that long ago. Um, I think uh, Troy, if I'm not mistaken, maybe he, he's not so involved in the business anymore, and that might be because he's got a wife and a child in a side business and things like that. But uh, Mark, I think to this day, is still fairly involved, you know, doing the ring rentals and out there on the independent shows, and he's still at it, and, you know, just as friendly as ever. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's see, I'm trying to think back the first time I saw you. Uh, I think I would say... 97 for Pennsylvania Championship, if I remember right. Um, sure, yeah, I broke in with them. I guess maybe March of 1997 it would have been. There you go. Blaine DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a name I, I haven't spoken of in, in quite a long time. Um, wh- what are your memories of, of working working alongside and, and for Blaine? Well, uh, I think... Blaine was probably one of the most organized guys that I worked for in those early days. Uh, you would show up and, you know, he would hand you something that told you exactly where you were on the show and how much time you had to do what you were doing and what was expected of you. And, you know, a lot of places I would go, there was no such thing. You know, you maybe hear some talk that you might be on, uh, maybe you're going to be open, you know, maybe you're going to be on fourth or God only knows. And, uh, you know, I think because uh, as his regular profession, you know, Blaine was an attorney. He brought a level of professionalism to his job as a promoter that most people just did not. Uh, and it was a really good learning environment to be in, and that really is where I met some of the guys who uh, I think best characterized my career for several years. Um, I first met Ace Darling and Devin Storm there, and if it, if it wasn't for Ace uh, and his generosity, I think uh, I probably wouldn't have gone very far in the business, and I don't know that you and I would even be having this conversation. And, um, in addition to which, you know, two of the guys who were not only famous rivals of mine, but partners as well in Reckless Youth and Don Montoya, I first met while working for Blaine DeSantis. So he, he took a chance on me, really, when no one else was, and I'll, I'll always, uh, you know, be indebted to him for that. Well, you you mentioned them, the Black T-Shirt Squad. How did you put that stable together? Well, it sort of fell together very naturally in that... Uh, we, we would travel everywhere together. We were you know, away from the ring. We were uh, traveling buddies. Even though most of the shows that we were working, we were opposite each other. You know, Reckless and I probably wrestled each other a hundred times in a span of a year and a half, two years. And uh, we were always mixed up in some, you know, it was the three of us against each other in a three-way dance or what have you. Um, but, you know, off camera, we, we were known to, you know, we'd chum around a bit and we traveled together. And um, I think in that way, because people you know, the promoters and the other workers just kind of uh, took to seeing us as a group. We slowly transformed from an off-camera group into an on-camera group. And uh, that all sort of started falling together out at Steel City Wrestling in Pittsburgh. And then slowly we just kind of took it everywhere. It was so much easier for us that way because we traveled together anyway. Wow. Don Montoya. There, there has never been and there never will be another guy like Don. Um in in this time, ninety seven, ninety eight, in in his heyday, as far as I'm concerned, his heyday, he was a rather large gentleman, but he always brought it, and he was just a top of the line, top of the line performer, and I loved to watch his work. Um, any any matches specifically with Don that stand out? 
Uh, I have very fond memories of, uh, of a three-way that we were in. Uh, Don, uh, a guy named Lou Marconi, and I. Uh, it was the first time I ever worked the ECW arena for a sort of an independent summit show, so it's called Break the Barrier. Classic and, uh, I just I remember that show with great fondness, and I remember you know just the interaction with Montoya with great fondness from that day in particular. Well, you you mentioned Reckless, and honestly, there there has never been I, I have never seen another performer like Reckless, and I didn't get to see enough of him because I'm out here on the West Coast, and he he made maybe a couple shots out here, and it wasn't fair. Um, now you you started Chikara with, alongside Tom. Um, what what made you guys decide? You know, now's the time we need to do our own thing. Well, Tom, as, as you may know, was briefly, well, briefly being maybe fourteen or fifteen months under contract to the WWF at that time uh, in their developmental program, and this was right after he was married. They had to move to Memphis away from his wife. Uh, and it was just a, an incredible hardship on him personally. And uh, he, I think, you know, politically he felt like he had too many enemies there. And when it all all was said and done, they wanted him to renew his developmental deal, and he told them to stick it, and he moved back home to New Jersey. And at that point, uh, you know, Montoya and I had still been staying busy on the independence, but we felt like a lot of the places that we were traveling, there was just a terrific monotony to everything. Everything seemed the same, you know, but companies were very easily divided up into one or two groups and ultimately none of it was any fun for us anymore and uh, when Tom sort of returned to the fold uh, after his WWF experience he, he was experiencing a, a level of uh, jadedness towards the business as well and we kind of the three of us sat down together and sort of said these are the things that we've grown to hate you know in all the places that we travel and the companies we work for the people we deal with um, this is in the summer of uh, 2001 and uh, you know, we really felt like these are some things where there's room to improve, where there's room for things to change, and maybe we could be the agents of that change. You know, the three of us together with the connections that we have and the resources at our disposal can be the agents of some positive change on the independence. And we started to formulate the idea for what would become Chikara Wrestle Factory, the training center that would give birth to the, the promotion Chikara. And uh, we started to get very serious about it. You know, we were going to have to incorporate. We'd have to get a lawyer to write up these kind of documents and all this sort of stuff. And as it started to become very real and the expenses and the investments started to take shape, Montoya bowed out. It, it, it became a little too much for him for where he was at at that point in his life. And so it kind of became, uh, you know, a baby jointly held by Tom and I. We, uh, we officially opened the school at the beginning of 2002, about seven and a half, eight months later, um, after we did some really nasty battles with the Allentown Zoning Board, um, Tom then bowed out as well. You know, really just, um, especially with a child on the way and things like that, the, I think it just became uh, too much uh, to put on Tom's plate. And I, and I know personally the, the whole deal of dealing with local news people and being dragged out in front of, uh, you know, the Zoning Board and on the 7 o'clock news at night was so incredibly draining that uh, certainly thoughts of closing up were uh, running rampant in both our minds. It was just that Tom was the first to verbalize it when he showed up one day and said, uh, you know what, I think I'm done, and good luck with it. So it was just a snap of the fingers, and that was it. You know, I, that's the way it came off to me, but I'm sure, you know, there was a lot more to it uh, on his end than that. Um, but, the, yeah, the, it was an incredible struggle. The first two or three years of the company were an incredible struggle just month to month how we were going to pay the electric or how we were going to pay the rent to keep the doors open. And 
it was very, very draining in every sense of the word. Well, I'll tell you. Well, we'll, we'll get into Chikara in, in a few minutes. Um, I have I just got in a few weeks ago from Smartmark Video, uh, the best of the Future Wrestling Alliance, the four-disc set. And I'm, I'm yet to watch it, but I'm going through these listings, and, and you're working the who's who on the independent scene. You have matches with Don Montoya, uh, Low-Key, um, you name it, they're here. Um, what what are your feelings on the FWA as as a promotion? The FWA was a for me a a fond time a time that I fondly recall in my career. In that uh, that was the first company that really got serious about saying uh, we can make you into something. You're not just an undercard attraction, but we're going to make you our champion. And we're going to keep you our champion for as long as it takes to really kind of make you the hero of this little community where we ran in. The, uh, a sort of rural area of Pennsylvania called Schuylkill County, um, and and they were true to their word. You know, if they told me something, they did. And there were so many places where I worked where they would promise me this match with this opponent or this amount of money or whatever. None of that ever came true. But the FWA guys were always very on the level with me, and uh, I really appreciated uh, the level of honesty. And 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 they certainly conducted themselves with a level of integrity that is scarcely seen on the independent scene. And that was also the first place where I, I really had the chance to learn anything about, you know, booking a show, that I was able to kind of, you know, uh, oversee parts of that and uh, say to them, well, why did you put this here, or why is this important that it happens there? And, uh, you know, these guys were kind enough to just kind of say, well, this works in this way for this reason, or this doesn't work for this reason. And I got to see, uh, you know, not just the finished product, but a lot of the mechanisms, you know, that make all the behind-the-scenes stuff happen as well. And, not only was it an all-around good learning experience for me, but it was just uh, a wonderful time in my career because these guys just had such terrific faith in me and, and were willing to make me the face of their company, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. Well, the when I got this set in, the first, the one and only match I watched it was taped in Palo Alto, Pennsylvania, April 15, 2000. I know you hear about it all the time with Elio Del Santo. Um, did you ask to have Elio Del Santo brought in, or or did they bring him in? Uh, did management bring him in to work with you? Uh, I think they. Well, I know for for certain that they they had arranged to bring him in, and it was at a time when I was trying very hard to get out of the wrestling business, and uh, they sort of used him as bait to lure me back. Um, not long before that match had happened, I had you know I told the management there and everyone else. I said, look, this is my farewell match here. I have no intention of, uh, of coming back, so you know, do, do what you will here or what have you, but this, on this particular date, this match that I'm having with Don Montoya is going to be my farewell match here at FWA, and I'm moving on to do some other things. And They had already had other plans in place, and those plans were that they were not going to let me slip away, and uh, to that end, they had gone about securing the services of Santo and bringing him in and saying, look, we're bringing him in for this next show here in April. Uh, and we really don't have anybody to wrestle him. It'd be a real shame, you know, if we couldn't come up with somebody to wrestle him. You're the only guy we could think of, you know, and, uh, you know, we're, we have no intention of taking the belt off of you, so if you want to retire with the belt and skip the match with Santo, I guess that's fine, but, uh, you know, here it is. Uh, and I think they knew that that was tempting enough that I was not going to be able to refuse. You just couldn't say no. Right. Um, now, this was, that was a hell of a match. That was good stuff. Um I have never, before that time, I've never seen Santo outside of of the lucha element, 
and in front of an American crowd was be you know before he would come up north here because he would he would work in L.A. but he wouldn't come up north and I got to see this and it it it's, it was something different and kind of knew that it it was the start of of an evolution as far as the I don't like to say East Coast West Coast style it, it's just something it, it's the next step in an evolution and. And I, I'm proud of, of you and Santo for, you know, opening that door. Um, have you thought of trying to bring Santo back in, into Chikara? Well, we've reached out to some of the top-name Lucha guys, like uh, Santo and Mystico. But unfortunately, where they're at right now in their careers, uh, and uh, considering the current financial status of the company, there's too much disparity between asking price and, re- and reality for us to... Uh, overcome so uh certainly i mean i've always wished now that i've had more of an opportunity to train in the lucha style and tour mexico and really uh i i I think uh, understand what makes that style work which i certainly did not at the time that i wrestled santo in the fwa i would really relish the opportunity um to revisit that and uh if anything just to give him a match that i think uh would be more acceptable to him that i could meet him more in the middle and stylistically um i'd really look forward to that but with, with the prices that some of those guys demand these days, and, and uh, you know, obviously with the, with the number of fans that turn out to see them, they certainly can afford to demand that price. It would just be an impossibility. Mm-hmm. So you'd you'd have to go to them instead of them coming to you. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. Noel, you are the current NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Um, I I know you have uh, a match coming up with. Uh, a guy that I cannot stand, T.J. Perkins. But on the other hand, I happen to love Puma. So it, they are they are like Chris Daniels and Curry Man. They're completely different characters. Um, any other challengers coming up? In other words, when are you going to come out west? Well, uh, you actually uh, might know a little bit more about it than I. I I'd heard rumors about this T.J. Perkins match, but I had not heard any dates set yet. Um, so the fact that it, it, if you're seeing that being advertised somewhere, maybe that means there's an email waiting for me in my inbox to tell me more. Um, I know most recently they, the NWA has brought me as far west as Las Vegas uh, in the month of January, but there's been no discussion about anything uh, in California thus far. Um, Luckily, I know that they are they are out there looking for more and more challengers for me and that sort of thing, and hopefully it will open up the opportunity for me to go places that either I've never gone before or I haven't been in some time, and I don't think uh, I've wrestled in California maybe for three or four years now. So I would certainly relish the opportunity to come west once again, whether, whether for the NWA or for, or for any company. Okay. So... All right, well, we're, I'm just going to cut to the chase. What is your opinion on my personal favorite uh, Japanese pro wrestler, Dick Togo? <laughs> and, well, and, you know, hold on, Michael. I am proud to admit I love Dick. That's the running joke on my show. So, <laughs> so Dick Togo in particular was part of a, a group of guys that I think were one of the greatest influences on on my career, and especially on Chikara, in that uh, the group of guys that were really the, the whole of the roster of Mishinoku Pro in 1996 and 1997, uh, they and their style in particular are directly responsible for Chikara being the way that it is. 
And, of course, I'm talking about guys like Dick Togo, Men's Teo, Shiryu, Takamichinoku, and uh, some of the Technicos like the Great Sasuke, Gran Hamada, Super Delph, and Tiger Mask, etc. Uh, I, I absolutely adored the, that product during that period of time, and I think they put on just uh, some of those cutting-edge and wonderfully fun matches, uh, and, they, and they hold up. I mean, you can watch them now 11, 12 years later, uh, and they are every bit as entertaining as they were you know, the day that videotape arrived in my mailbox. Ten, ten, ninety-six. That's right. I mean, any time I'm asked to cite my favorite match, I, I can tell you, ten, ten, ninety-six, the ten-man tag from these days. Uh, I could probably recite it to you, spot for spot, move for move. Uh, I've watched that match more than any other match ever, any match of my own, any match of any other wrestlers. I never get tired of it. And if I had not seen that show. Uh, these days, which opened, of course, with the Johnny Saint retirement match against Nehiro Hoshikawa, went on to have that unbelievable 10-man tag between the Sekigun and the Kaintai DX. Um, if not for that, I seriously doubt there would be a Chikara today. Do you think that there will ever be a 10-man a tag match with that type of star power and that will influence as many people as it has? Do you think something like that will ever happen again? I, I would love for there to be one like that, but I, I really, really wonder if, if it's possible, if it's possible for something to trump that. Um, you know, I, I, obviously in hindsight and with the, you know, people's ability to sit down and watch and rewatch things these days, I'm sure you could sit down and try and nitpick about that match if you wanted to. But as far as I'm concerned, it is unassailable. It is, uh, it, it is the perfect 10-man tag. It is the perfect example of what can be done in multiple-man tags when you have the right combination of characters and chemistry. And uh, I, I think it would be really, really difficult for any other match, uh, any ten guys. I mean, you could even fantasy, try to fantasy book by picking ten random guys from wherever you'd like and put them together and have a match that will, will leave the type of impact or influence that that one did. Yeah, I don't think any any company will, will ever be able to touch that. But, you know, that's, that's their their piece and piece of history and that that's their magic. Um another another one of my favorites um who happens to be in the country um as I speak, Akuta Hadaka. Um it's rumored that he may be a challenger um because he is associated with uh, Dave Marquez and the NWA. Uh what are your thoughts on Akuta? Uh I would love the opportunity to wrestle Hadaka. I uh years and years ago had the opportunity to wrestle Minoru Fujita and in my mind, those two always kind of go together like peanut butter and jelly. Um, I would love love uh, to have the opportunity to wrestle at DACA. And I think that's a guy who just continually gets better. Um, you know, a lot of the guys, you kind of watch them, they go up and they peak, and then they start to kind of come down, and then they vanish. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that's been the case with the DACA at all. I think he's always on top of his game and uh, really just a, of, the, of the top caliber. Yeah, he, he's just... He he started in the battle arts with the with the shootier type of submission stuff and and then he he mixed into the juniors and he is just an amazing amazing talent and you he's, you just don't know what you're going to get when you see him and that's part of the fun by you know I, I can't wait for my zero one max DVDs to come every month it's it's, it's seeing him and Dick as a team and they're just amazing um, have you gotten a chance to see the January first oh eight Togo Hadaka against the Machine Guns match from Zero One. No, but uh, as a matter of fact, Alex Shelley had told me about it. We we crossed paths not all that long ago, 
and he was talking it up to me and, and just said how, how thrilled he was with the match, and uh, he, he just couldn't have been happier with the way it turned out. And he himself at that time was eagerly awaiting seeing it. And just his level of enthusiasm about it, uh, you know, we were having dinner together at some barbecue place. I could just tell, you know, over the course of the dinner as he was talking about it that uh, it was really going to be something special to go out of your way and see. Yeah, that that's so far for the first half of the year, that's my, my Japanese uh, match of the year. And, I mean, we've had some major title changes and, and a bunch of, you know, strange things that happened in Japan, but that's been my choice. Um, while we're talking about Japan, uh, let's talk about your, your tour with Michinoka Pro. Um, I, I've noticed that uh, commercially available, there's only one show with you on it. Um, did they not tape TV or... Well, uh, the one show in particular that, uh, that did air, where I, which was the very first of the shows that I did for them uh, against Shibaten, uh, I've seen it circulated to YouTube. I have a DVD copy of it myself. I guess it aired as part of uh, Pro Rex Indie King or something like that, one of those shows. Um, but the, most of the other nights that I was still there, uh, there were no television cameras. There, were, there wasn't you know, even somebody taping it for their own reference. You know, sometimes for the younger guys, you would tape it so you could review it later with your trainer. Um, there, there weren't even the Japanese magazine photographers. So um, that was a little disappointing to me. I would have loved to have been able to document every second of that um, for my you know, own personal gratification, but uh, it just wasn't to be. And um, you know, I, I, But just even seeing that, just the one match, um, you know, the, the fact that they aired that really just meant the world to me. And... Uh, I, I couldn't have been more thrilled with the way it went. Is there another tour of the Far East uh, on the horizon for you? There was certainly some stuff in the works uh, as it related to Michinoku um, for this year, and it just seemed like it's impossible to get the, the schedules to coordinate. Um, I, I see especially busy, and their tour schedule at times uh, you know, is particularly inflexible. and um, you know, You've got to be there on a specific day if you want to be part of it. You can't leave until a certain day, and um, it's really just been uh, a scheduling issue. I know uh, the NWA, on my behalf, has also been working on trying to set something up, but thus far it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of talk and, and, and nothing's really set in stone. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to backtrack real quick to, uh, to Pennsylvania Championship. Um, were you there when they had the uh, large tag team tournament with the Ballards? No, in fact, I have never met the Ballards, I think, in all my travels. I have never met them. So I, w I would have to say, uh, no, I must have either just not been on that particular show or that might have been after my time. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw another name at you. Um, this gentleman is my personal favorite um, independent worker of all time, uh, Michael Modest. Uh, he was in the Beyond the Mat, and he's just made a return to the business. He, he left due to... Um, Kali issues. That's all I'm going to say on that. But Mike is back. Um, have you ever met Mr. Modest, and have you ever seen any footage of him? Uh, we've never actually met. Uh, for, for many, many years, uh, Reckless and I, there was always talk that Reckless and I were going to be put into an East versus West tag dream match against Michael Modest and Christopher Daniels. And I, I think no fewer than five different promoters had pitched this to us. And at that point, neither Tom nor I had ever met either of the guys. I've since met Chris, and uh, Chris and Tom had a few matches together. They were fortunate enough to work together. But I have never met Mike Modest, um, which, is, which is a real shame because I saw a lot of his work from Noah. 
and uh, I, I wish I would have had the chance to uh, cross paths with him. Yeah, he's Michael is uh, he's the as far as I'm concerned, seeing live the best independent heel uh, with his work and on the microphone. And in when I first met Mike in '97, his gimmick, quote unquote gimmick, was he was the anti-hardcore guy, and he would say wrestling is hardcore. And this guy would go out in front of, you know, 100 people in a garage and, and tear off these all-Japan-style matches with Crash Holly and a bunch of different other guys, and, and he's just an amazing talent. And hopefully um, Mr. Marquez will be able to hook you and Michael up in the ring. Um, no matter where it is, I will fly out to see it. It's it's a personal dream match of mine um, because uh, I see you as the white meat baby face and Mike is just that, that Dick Togo type of heel where he is such a punk, but he will dazzle you with the technique. Um, you saw his Noah stuff. Um, you know, there's not anybody better. And I know I'm putting him over strong, but you know, this guy is just unbelievable. But enough of talking about that, Mike. So... You're you're running Chikara, and you guys are uh, just churning out show after show, month after month. The product keeps evolving. Where's where's the where's the end? Where or not the end, but what's the next level you plan on taking Chikara? Well, just this past weekend, uh, we ventured out up into the New England states. Uh, we were in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Uh, it was the first time we did a whole weekend up in New England, and I think we sort of proved to ourselves that we could branch out a little bit further, and uh, we've been entertaining the idea of maybe trying to leave Pennsylvania more often and, and see, uh, see the rest of uh, our fan base, because certainly our fans are not limited just to the southeast corner of Pennsylvania. Uh, a lot of our plans for expansion were dependent upon seeing a certain level of success in our New England experiment, and we were really quite overwhelmed. I mean, it was standing room only for us in Connecticut Saturday night, and uh, we were really warmly received um, throughout the weekend. And I think right now, uh, for us, that next level has got to be seriously considering uh, branching out past Pennsylvania and getting out there to show everybody what we're about. Pack up the bus and go. You know, a a barnstorming tour for six months, you never know, it may work. (laughs) You know, back in the day, they used to do it, you know, get in the car and go. Um, Absolutely. Actually, that's that's my problem now with 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 uh, friends of mine that have broken into the business. They weren't on the car rides. They you know they they didn't get to talk to the veterans. And I I see that you have a good mix of of older older talent and younger talent for Chikara, and everybody is learning from everyone. Like you uh, you brought in Mitch Ryder when I first heard you were bringing in Mitch Ryder in the beginning. I was I was shocked. I was like, Mitch is not going to fit here. He's Memphis. This is not going to work. But it worked. Uh, you, you bring in Skyda, who's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And how old is he? Uh, I think Skyda right now, I guess he'd be 42. And he's still going at a top level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, he runs circles around guys half his age. Yeah, there you go. Um, Pantera, all these older guys. And... I, I think it's 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 uh, a great compliment for for you and the management that you're bringing in these these elder statesmen per se 
to work with the younger guys, and, and everybody's learning. And we don't get enough of that in independence. Um, and it, it, it makes me proud to be a fan of your promotion because you are teaching your kids the right way in this business, and I'm proud of you for that. And that's going to be what brings the business to the, you know, to the to the next millennium, as opposed yeah. to what's going on in New York. Sure. No, I I agree wholeheartedly, and I'm I'm glad that that shines through in what we're doing. Okay. Well, I am running down on time with you. Um, you gave me a half hour. We went a little over. Um, I know you get it the question all the time, but I I will say this. Um, I could say I will book you in an NWA junior title match and you can work against any junior heavyweight in the world that is a free agent. Who would you bring in? Wow. Uh, there's almost too many great opportunities there, you know, um, especially because the NWA is affiliated with so many groups. And I think I'm most excited about the fact that New Japan is back in the NWA because there was ever an opportunity for me to wrestle against Jushin Liger, the strongest possibility of that happening is with that NWA junior belt around my waist and uh, in cooperation with New Japan. How about uh, Koji Kanemoto? I think that would be a pretty neat matchup as well. Definitely. I think, uh, you know, New Japan has really got, and for many, many years, has been uh, the place to look at for the junior heavyweight, this, especially uh, when I did so much of my learning via videotape, when I would just study everybody that I possibly could. And obviously there's some guys out there, that, you know, there's more cutting-edge styles and things like that. You could make those arguments. Um, but the New Japan juniors, to me, they've always kind of been in a class under themselves, and certainly Kanemoto fits into that mold. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your favorite New Japan junior show? Well, I, I'm a huge fan of the 1994 Super J Cup, but for some weird reason, the skydiving J always has a yes. special place in my heart. And maybe that's the Liger-Togo match. Yes, or, it was. I mean, <laughs> there's just tons of good stuff on that. You know, there's weird stuff, there's fun stuff, um, but the skydiving J definitely has a special place. Mm-hmm. Well, that was just, you had Sakuraba and, and Otani just killing each other for eight minutes, and... From top to bottom, I mean, you had Lance Storm in a tag match in the in the opener. I uh, you can't talk enough about that 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 show, and it, it also led up to the J Crown, you know, where they sure. got the eight titles together. But um, that's a, that that was a glorious time, uh, ninety four through ninety six for the for the New Japan Juniors. That was just glorious times. Um, well, Michael, I'm going to let you go. You are a busy man. Um, I'm going to give you the office to plug whatever you need to get plugged, um, your school, websites, and whatnot. Great. Well, the best way to keep up to date with everything that I'm doing is to visit ChikaraPro, all is one word, dot com. And there you can find out all about, uh, you know, our training facility, our live events. And uh, one of the easiest ways, of course, to know what we're up to is through our free weekly video podcast. A new episode comes out every Monday night. It's about eight, eight and a half minutes long. A new one will be out, of course, uh, this Monday night, as it is every Monday night. You can get it on YouTube or subscribe to it through iTunes. Just search for Chikara Podcast to go-go or Chikara Wrestling, something like that, and you'll find it easily enough. 
It gives you free clips uh, from our past shows, information about our DVDs and everything else, and it's a great way, if you've never had a chance to taste what we're up to, to get a little sample of it, and it won't cost you a dime. Tremendous. Mike, I, I thank you for coming on. I apologize for being all over the place, but I'm the anti-format guy. But I figure it keeps things fresh and fun. Um, thank you for your time, and, and good luck in the near future. Hopefully we see you up here at least somewhere in California, Northern California, Southern California, somewhere, defending that title. Um, once again, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks very much. The pleasure was mine. All right, brother. You take care, and hopefully we can uh, have you on the show again sometime soon. Great. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Michael. All righty. That was the man, the owner, operator of the Chikara Wrestle Factory School and the Chikara Pro Wrestling Company. Wow. We uh, we went 40 minutes with Mike, which was uh, pretty cool. Uh, Mike gave me half an hour, but we stretched it out a little bit. And I, uh, once again, I do apologize for me being all over the place. I was, uh, to be honest, uh, Mike is one of my my personal favorites, and and I'll be honest, um, I was a little nervous. Um, I'm rarely nervous on the show, but uh, I was very nervous. Uh, just wait until uh, Michael Modest comes on the show, then then you'll see how how nervous I really can be. Um, our guest in the second hour will be Alcatraz. Um, we are waiting for Mr. Catraz to call in. Okay, what we can do is I am going to play a wacky song real quick. And yes, of course, it is Great Kali. <laughs> Special autograph sessions with Pro Wrestling 
and Bay Area wrestling uh, legends Nick Bockwinkle and Superfly Jimmy Snuka, which should be just fun, fun stuff. Um, okay, let's see. The main event, an international rivalry has uh, made its way to the United States. These guys have been doing their thing in Spain and Italy. Uh, Rikishi will be taking on the Count of California, the Black Pearl, which will be fun. Um, Pearl is amazing, and Rikishi is Rikishi. Um, What more can I say? Um, And another one of the main events... After uh, the Samoan Savage, the Tonga Kid, turned his back on family member Olafa, the Samoan Tank, a few shows ago with a chair shot that busted Olafa open, made him a bloody mess. These guys are going to get it on. This is going to be a hard-hitting, just hard, smash-mouth Samoan brawl. Uh, They're going to be all over the place. And this match, which is... You know, I, I got a heart on when I heard it was announced. Um, it's a rematch from the movie Beyond the Mat. It's been 10 years plus in the making. We have on one side the shooter, Tony Jones, and on the other side of the ring, my personal in- favorite independent pro wrestler, the natural one, Michael Modest. Unbelievable. I have to throw props out to the management of Fog City for for uh, getting this this match together um i really thank you um and the next up the hottest rivalry in fog city uh san francisco's own dylan drake will be taking on big baby slim uh the big man from san diego has been raising hell since uh showing up in fog city uh that should be fun um this this next match uh they're calling it the battle of skills um i think this match is going to steal the show uh we have uh the Wolverine, Brian Cage, who, in my opinion, is he can step right into Florida Championship Wrestling and get a developmental deal. Uh, he did spend some time uh, for Deep South and whatnot. And he will be taking on a gentleman who will be returning home from a tour of Dragon Gate in Japan, the anarchist Eric Cannon. Um, you know, this is going to be the sleeper match of the night, um, which is going to be awesome. Uh, the the ladies of Fog City will be going at it. Uh, the first lady of Fog City, New York knockout Nikki, uh, will be taking on Morgan. Um, I don't know too much about Morgan, but I do know about New York knockout Nikki. Uh, Nikki is uh, she's intense. I've seen her against women, seen her against men. It's just going to be an an insane insane match. Uh, Nikki is exceptionally talented. And the next match will be. Uh, Venice DeMarco, who doesn't get enough credit for being uh, one of the best heels in in the state of California, Um, maybe other places, but Venice DeMarco is an exceptional talent. He'll be taking on uh, Bay Area Lucha Libre stalwart and legend, El Chicano Flame. Chicano Flame is still going. I first saw Chicano Flame in 96. He's still going. Um, We have the Suburban Commandos taking on MPT, Mr. Primetime, and Rick Luxury. Um, this should be a very fun match. Um, MPT is he's, he's at the top of his game right now. Um, probably the hottest Northern California independent wrestler going now. Um, and also we have a, a Lucha Libre War. Um, these guys have been doing it all over. 
for pro, Wrest- uh, pro Wrestling Revolution. Uh, they've been doing it for Promo Califa for Fog City. Um, the Mexican Werewolf El Chupacabra will be taking on my boy, uh, one of my personal favorite uh, California luchadors, Ulysses. Um, this guy's got a lot of talent. Um, he can do the lucha. He can do the American stuff. Uh, it's going to be fun. And also, the Reno Scum will be in the house. Shane Dynasty, Adam Thornstow, Lester the Legend, and Big Paul Isadora. They'll be in the house, and they will be going to war uh, like they did last at the last uh, Fog City show. Well, they're going to try to uh, take out as many cruiserweights and mass wrestlers as possible. Um, they had a wild brawl at the last show. Um, it was it was fun stuff. Um, they will uh, be all over the place. Um, to be honest, the the Reno Scum, um, their gimmick right now is probably the top gimmick in all of independent pro wrestling. Um, they have the Freebird thing down, um, you know, and they they can all go too. And Shane Dynasty is just an amazing talker. Um, I first met Shane in '97. He was a ring announcer and became a manager and whatnot for All Pro Wrestling. And Shane, you know, you knew he was going to be a star. He he had a golden, you know, a golden mouth on him. Um, just just an amazing, amazing talker and an amazing talent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, what we're gonna do is I'm going to play a another song. Of course, Shiki. Medicine, medicine. Medicine. Fuck it, son of a bitch. You are fuck. You are punk, little gay. <laughs> that <laughs> that song never, ever, 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 ever gets old. Ever, ever gets old. Wow, we have a. We have an announcement here. Uh, Rob Van Dam will be touring the Canary Islands from June 12th to, to June 15th for uh, NWE, which is a group uh, in Spain and Italy and, and whatnot that's uh, working with uh, Rikishi and Black Pearl, Orlando Jordan, all those guys. Um, there, It's hot. Um, it's hot over there. I mean, the Ultimate Warrior is coming out of retirement to wrestle Orlando Jordan on June 25th in Spain. You know, they got to be making money if they get uh, the Ultimate Warrior out of retirement. Uh, I just hope that they don't book uh, uh you know what, what the hell? Let Ron Van Dam stiff the hell out of the Warrior. That would be fun. That would be some fun stuff. Let's see. Um well, I, I guess I, I guess I could I could talk about my feelings on the um UFC 84 show from this past uh, Saturday night. Um, I wasn't able to attend. Uh, kind of sucked. I, I really wanted to get to Vegas for that show, but um, good stuff. Uh, Leo Machida, the real deal. 
You know, the real fucking deal. He beat Tito. Um, and Joe Rogan is is really helping get get Leota uh, Leota style over and get him over as well, explaining you know how he does his thing and and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, Tito, I, I think, was uh, I don't know, a little tentative and just uh, I don't know. But he he did bring it, you know. He almost caught him with that triangle armbar. That that was that was insane. Uh, that 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 was fun stuff. Uh, let me see what else we have. We have uh, Vanderlei Silva killing the faker, the 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 glass jaw, glass Joe himself, Keith Jardine. I'm sorry, Keith Jardine. In my opinion, uh, b- belongs in just dark fights. You know. On a King of the Cage show, um, I, he's extremely, extremely overrated, in, in my opinion. Um, but that, you know, with that said, it was, it was, it was a killing. And Vanderlei is back. Um, he's shaken off, you know, those past losses, Crocop, uh, uh, Henderson, and Liddell. He's shaken them off, and he's back. And he looked amazing. Um, uh, the main event was uh, BJ Penn retaining the UFC lightweight title over Sean Shirk. Um, I don't know. You know, BJ's BJ, man. When BJ's on, he's on. Um, and it was a really good fight, and BJ picked apart, uh, uh, uh what's his name, uh, Sean Shirk, um, he just picked him apart. And you could also, you know, audibly hear the steroid chants and stuff at him, and I know that bothered him. Um, but, you know, hey, he passed, or he failed, a, you know, a dirty test. He earned it. You know, he, he decided to, you know, take the stuff. Whether, or, you know, maybe even if he didn't know. Whatever. You know that's just the way it is. You know you you get you get popped and that's it. Um, yeah, BJ Penn was on. Um, he was just striking like a motherfucker. You know, stuffing takedowns and all this and that, and you know it was just really really good stuff. Um, yeah, UFC is still on fire. Um, Tito, where's he gonna go? Probably a couple elite XC fights, and then he'll, you know, he'll come back to UFC for a big payday or something. But yeah, enough for the MMA stuff. Um, this past Sunday night, Supreme Pro Wrestling, um, which is a friend of the friend of the show, uh, based out of Sacramento, California, had a show. Uh, Mr. Frost defeated Casey Summers. Uh, Josh Robertson defeated Christina Von Erie. Dan Danielson defeated Steve McDougal. Ramon Charkson defeated John Martin. Paul Isidore and Jesus Cruz defeated Country Bear and Mother Truck and Otis. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's a interesting uh, interesting uh, team there. And if this Country Bear is who I think it is, this is the guy that works for the EWF down for Jesse Hernandez in San Bernardino area, if it's, if it's him. I might be wrong. Don't quote me. Um, we have Dan Danielson defeating Josh Robertson, Mr. First defeat Ramon Clarkson, T. 
Timothy Thatcher defeated one of my personal favorites, Big Ugly J.D. Bishop. And then Team Dante defeated Team Samurai in a 10-man Big Guns Challenge. And, okay, Frost defeated Danielson to win the 2008 Academy, uh, oh, Academy Cup. They had uh, uh, a, uh, a tournament thingy for their students. Well, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. <clears throat> okay, let's see. Uh, do we have any other news going on here from Mr. Melter's site? Um, uh, just a bunch of stuff going on in Mexico. Looks like Mexico's starting to heat up. Um, yeah, Tijuana's starting to get hot, too. It kind of sucks that, you know, they have that that uh, crime on gringo stuff. You know, <laughs> it's not fair, man. I would love to go to uh, Tijuana just to check it out. You know, it would be really fun. Um, once again, we're waiting for Mr. Alcatraz to call in. Um, Al, I think, uh, might be hung up or something. Not quite sure what uh, what's going on there, but it's all good. It is all good. Well, I guess I can uh, talk about you know another uh, another one of my sponsors, uh, WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, Jeff has got you know all kinds of uh, Lucha Libre DVDs, uh, a ton of uh, Japanese DVDs, a lot of best of DVDs. Um, some independent stuff. He's got ROH. Um, also, he carries SoCal Pro Wrestling, which is his company. You can check him out, SoCalProWrestling.com. Um, you can check out their DVDs. Uh, I suggest any show from this year. Um, they've Every show this year that I've seen, good stuff. Um, Adam Pierce, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, um, tends to work for... SoCal Pro Wrestling when he can and defend the NWA title when he can, when he's in town. Um, since uh, Adam does live in uh, the in San Diego. So, uh, yeah, he, uh, unbelievable. Um, Adam Pierce, is, his game is just above anybody else on the independent scene. He's just way up there. And, you know, I, I don't think there could be any other man out there right now that could carry the NWA title like he does, um, with the class and dignity that he does. And, and, you know, he goes out and he just does what he has to do. Uh, a few weeks ago he went he went an hour in uh, Virginia with Mr. Damian Wayne. Um, I am eagerly awaiting that show to come out on DVD. Um, I am definitely waiting for that one to come. Uh, it should be fun stuff. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm feeling a little under the weather, so you guys got to bear with me. And let's see. Jeff Dino, what's going on, brother? Okay, let's try this again. Jeff Dino. Can you hear me? I can hear you, man. I, I've just been uh, putting over uh, your boy Adam Pierce. And uh, you can get those... You can get those DVDs, WrestleWarehouse.com. Pretty simple. There you go, WrestleWarehouse.com. All the SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs. All the SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs that uh, you could get. You're breaking up, Jeff. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now, brother. 
All right. What's up with Alcatraz, man? He has not called in yet. Hey, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, he's 20 minutes late. But uh, did you get a chance to uh, to listen to any of that Mike Quackenbush interview that I that I did uh, at the beginning of the show? Uh, I didn't get a chance. I actually just uh, got in. Um, so it, was I wild. it was it was a typical KZ interview, man. I was all over the place. But you know, <laughs> I'm 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 eagerly awaiting uh, Mr. Quackenbush. Um, I would love to see the NWA junior world heavyweight title um, defended in a SoCal pro ring against SoCal Crazy would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, anything with SoCal Crazy would be fun. There you go. There you go. Okay, well, you were there. You were in uh, Redondo Beach, right? It was in Redondo Beach this past Saturday? Redondo Beach, uh, XPW, Saturday night. Uh, it was a it was a great show. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, obviously, uh, you know, match of the night would be the main event, uh, Necrobusher and Supreme. Uh, that that match was just uh, I think I think everybody left happy after that match. Um, I was a little disappointed with a few of the other matches, but um, I'd have to say that would that would probably be up there. How how was the GQ Money Angel match? And what, what uh, kind of was, match did they work? It was it was all right. Um, uh, GQ Money, he uh, he was like Houdini. He he kept popping out of anywhere else that he could pop out, and and nobody knew it was him. Uh, they went up to the to the uh, the entranceway during the end of the match, and somehow GQ Money ended up being a cameraman. Uh, Ten minutes later, and you didn't know it was him, and. Uh, Shot something out at uh, at Angel from the camera, and then went for a pin. <laughs> so, I mean, they were all over the place. It was, it was definitely fun. Um, I could have done without watching Bo Cooper, but that's just me. Uh, well, you know, GQ Money's really underrated as a worker. You know, he 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 gets all the love for. Never mind WSX. Okay, that's a completely different animal. But he got all the love for a manager, being a manager and, and a. And a talker and a promo guy, but he's really underrated. But uh, we're going to talk about Angel. Um, you have seen the new Angel up close, you know, the, the Lucha comedy guy. As yeah, I've seen the, the Death Match guy. Yeah. What, what do you think of the new Angel? I liked it. I've, I've, I've um, you know, when uh, he, he came into um, LOII a few months ago and, and worked a couple shows, and that was pretty much, I don't know, as far as I looked at it, as, as a, a much better replacement over um, uh, Ruby Gardenia as far as uh, that character goes. Um, but I, I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of him. Yeah, it's, when, when we had Angel on the show, he said it's just it's so much easier on his body, you know, to do the, the gay comedy shit, go around kissing guys instead of, you know, falling off a... 30-foot scaffold through barbed wire tables, you know. <laughs> but, you know, he's got his shit down, too. You know, it's really good and it's entertaining. It's fun stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, Vampiro and Chaos. Did Vampiro bring his working shoes? Um, I thought Chaos looked good. <laughs> 
Um, I, I will say it. I'll say it. I will say it because I'm blue in the fucking face. Chaos is the number one independent worker in Southern California. Bar none. <laughs> and, I mean, Jeff, look at him. Just look at him. The way he carries himself, he looks like a star. Yeah, I mean, you really you can't know? say anything bad about chaos. Yeah, I, 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 I love SoCal crazy to death. You know, I love him to death, but... You know, there there really isn't anybody. You know, I don't I don't count gorilla because gorilla is a completely different animal. But chaos is just ab- above everybody else. He, he the you know when I met him when I was down there for the New Wave show, you know he just you know just the aura. You know, it's like you know the guy's a star and he knows it, but he's not cocky. You know, he carries himself you know like a professional. But you know enough enough of fucking jerking that guy off. Um, how was the match? Uh, match was good. Um, like I said, I, I I always like seeing Chaos Vampiro. Uh, you know, it's it was a good match. It was a good match. Yeah. Well, it's it's either with Vamp, it's you know, it's either a good match or it's utter shit. So <clears throat> it's good that you know you got a good match there. Um, I I really want to discuss the the Revolution Pro against XPW Six Man. On the Rev Pro side, we had the returning American Wild Child, Ron Rivera, one of my personal favorites, um, alongside Joey Ryan, and another one of my favorites, Disco Machine, who will be on our show tomorrow evening. And they took on uh, X-Pac, which was, which was a surprise. And who, who, what were the other two guys? Oh, now you got me on the spot. I don't even remember. I just remember X-Pac. I was... I was uh, just happy to see X-Pac actually at the show. Um, How was the match? But the mat, the match was, the, it was a decent match. Um, it, it, it seemed like they, they might have been rushed a little on time. Um, it was a really short match. Um, but you know, it like I said, it, it just seemed like they were really just cut on time. A lot of the matches seemed like they were cut on time. Um, that match as well as the, the triple threat with Scorpio Sky, um, that match as well seemed like it was, you know, pretty quick. Um, it, it seemed like they made a lot more time for, for other stuff like the, uh, uh, the woman on Padgett and, and just the, um, the more of the gimmick stuff where it, it seemed like there should have been more time for some of those other matches, you know, like the two I just mentioned. Yeah, okay, let's see. Who won the uh, Miss XPW pageant? Um, I don't think anyone did. It was I don't think anybody really knew what was happening. Um, <laughs> it, it seemed like it was kind of a mess. <laughs> well, my 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 choice was uh, Vinnie Massaro's wife. She is extremely gorgeous. She is really hot. Um, did you get a chance to uh, to catch uh, Howard Stern on demand with uh, Vinnie Massaro and his wife? No. No. Yeah, that was a uh, that was some fun stuff. Um, Vinny's a good guy too. Um, I'd like to see Vinny working more, more down south. Um, he's he's an exceptional talent, and he always has been since his debut match that I saw him in. Um, just impressed the living hell out of me, and and I don't know why that guy hasn't gone anywhere. <clears throat> okay, uh, so the tag match, the semi was homeless Jimmy. And oh jeez, I'm horrible. Who did he team with? 
homeless Jimmy was he came with a replacement from Sambo. Okay, you're breaking up, Jeff. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. <clears throat> who was the replacement? It, it, I had no idea who it was. It was a replacement for... I, I can't hear you there. I'm breaking up. Okay. You want to call back in or... Yeah, let me call you back. Okay, cool. Okay, let's hang up on Jeff there. We'll uh, we'll get back to the running down the XPW show. Um, you know the management of Big Vision Entertainment and XPW. Um, Kevin Kleinrock, Chris Kloss, uh, the boys in the office, Dr. Keith. Much props to you, Doc. Going to have you on tomorrow night, um, as well. Uh, you guys put put on a hell of a show. Uh, you guys packed them in, and. Uh, you know, more power to you. You know, you guys uh, do really, really well. Are you back on, Jeff? Okay, Jeff, are you on? Okay, I'm going to hang you up again. All right. Blog talk for some odd reasons going really slow. But, yes, props to you guys. Um, I can't wait for the DVD release. Um, it will be on Blu-ray, so uh, that that should be pretty fun. Uh I actually purchased my first Blu-ray DVD today, uh, WrestleMania 24, um, three-disc sets, got the uh, Hall of Fame, the whole damn thing, four hours, two hours of Ric Flair on the stick, what more can I ask for? What, uh, Jeff, are you back on? Jeff, can you hear me, brother? Okay, no Jeff, so let's see. Alrighty, I am pulling up the XPW results here, thanks to Mr. Dave Meltzer. Okay, it says that it's it was Raven and Johnny Webb over Homeless Jimmy and Concussion, who I have no idea who Concussion is. Okay, Jeff, can you hear me? Okay, I'm going to hang that up. Okay, uh, we had Sandman over Pogo the Clown, which had to be insane. Um, yeah, it had to be insane. Uh, just because, you know, Pogo's a fucking nut, and he hits hard, and Sandman, you hack is hack. You, you know, you never know what you're going to get with hacky. Um, Oh, yes, the Rev Provers XPW six-man. It was American Wild Child, Joey Ryan, and Disco Machine defeating J- Fly Daddy, Jardy France, Vinny Massaro, and Xbox. Um, you know, a little flat, but, you know, you can't can't win them all. But I'm pretty sure, you know, they, they, you know, they all shined and did their thing because there's some uh, really good talent in there. Uh, Luke Hawks won a three-way high-flying match over Jack Evans and past guest of our show and friend of the show, Scorpio Sky. Um, from what I heard, it was, a, it was a little short, but they, you know, they tore it up anyway. Um, you know, with the, the talent, you know, that they have there, you know, how could they not? Um, you know, the gangsters, they, they killed uh, Chronic and, and Big Rot, you know, obviously, you know, it was a, 
it was booked to be a you know a gangster squash match. You know what? That's what you're going to get with those guys. Um, New Jack decided to cut a 15 minute promo after the match, announcing his retirement from pro wrestling. Um, because from what I hear, it was he got a reality TV gig, so he's not going to be uh, beating up himself too much um, anymore. So I know he'll still show up from time to time for uh, shows just to cut promos and whatnot. Um, and uh, Supreme and Necro Butcher did the Bob Wire and everything match. Um, we're not going to discuss that match because we are going to have the K- XPW King of the Death match himself, Supreme, on in about 15 to 20 minutes to uh, to run down the uh, the match that he had with Necro. Um, the first time that I had Supreme on the show. Um, my co-host for that for that show was uh, Mr. David Fuller. Um, Scars Radio will be def- will be debuting on the 28th of May. Uh, I will be making a shot on that show on the 4th of June, which is a Wednesday. Uh, go to uh, BlogTalkRadio.com and uh, type in Scars Radio, and and you'll get some information there. Uh, yeah, Mr. Fuller has decided to um, branch out on his own. But uh, more power to you, brother. Scars Radio. But, uh, oh, okay, once again, see, I'm just talking out of my ass here. Um, yep, I'm lost. Uh, excuse me, where was I at? Oh, yes, uh, Supreme. We were uh, we were talking about the, the one and only... Uh, uh, Deathmatch dream match that's left was uh, was a uh, Necro and Supreme. Um, so they you know they booked it, and and I don't blame Big Vision at all. Um, they by booking that match they they assured that this uh, Blu-ray DVD release is going to just blow everything away um, sales wise. That's that's the selling point. Obviously, I mean, sure, yeah, it was the XPW uh, reunion show and all, but you know, it's going to be a little more than that because it's, uh, you know, it's a dream match and it, it was pretty fucking wild from what I heard. Um, okay, I'm going to have to reset this. Uh, for some odd reason, Blog Talk is is giving me trouble loading. Um, kind of sucks, but uh. Well, while I'm loading this, uh, we have some uh, new releases from RFVideo.com. There's the Al Snow 2008 shoot interview. Um, It's a new one. Uh, Since Al has been released, uh, RF Video has has, uh, filmed a shoot with him. Um, See what else? Uh, Road Warrior Animal is just, uh, they just released a shoot interview with. Also, um, Wild Bill Irwin, which, you know, will be fun. Uh, our videos, you know, got it going on, man. Um, after all these years, you know, Rob's still doing his thing. You know, more power to him. You know, he, he's still, you know, still chucking along. Um, let's see what other. Uh, there's the Got Heat uh, documentary, which I'm not quite sure 
what it is about. But you know, knowing Rob, it's it's going to be something interesting. Um, also, they have a new uh, concept here: Bell to Bell, Volume One with Al Snow and Bush Bushwhacker Luke. Um, it doesn't matter. It's got one of my all-time favorite workers in it, Al Snow. So I'm on it. Um, for those, you know that 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 like the WWF uh, boom period, uh, there's a shoot interview with Steve Blackman, uh, The Secret Weapon, which should be kind of interesting. You know, just to get his take on, you know, what was going on in the boom period. And also for um, old school wrestling fans, this is going to be a fun shoot interview. Uh, Shoot interview with Larry the Axe Hennig, uh, the father of uh, Kurt Hennig. I grew up watching uh, Larry the Axe towards the end of his career where in the AWA where he would come in and team with uh, with uh, Kurt against the Road Warriors and whatnot and um, or team with the Crusher against the Road Warriors and that was just fun. You know, the Axe was just a big dude that just killed the people and um, just fun wacky stuff. Um, you know, RFs. You know, they, they like I said, man. They just keep going. Uh, they keep, you know, churning these things out. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, let me see here. Jeez, uh, the blog talk site is taking forever and a day to load. I guess that since it's a holiday weekend, everybody and their mother is uh, surfing the internet. You know, which uh, you know isn't much of a big surprise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jeez, I'm sorry, guys. Supreme or uh, Jeff, if you're on hold, please bear with me. Okay, I'm loading up the board. I don't have any callers, but we got about 42 minutes remaining. So uh, it looks like Alcatraz uh, got tied up doing something, but I do have online Mr. Jeff Dino. Jeff, you're back. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you, man. All right. I got you. So we got a show coming up in San Diego on Saturday afternoon. If anybody is uh, in the San Diego area, we've got a a WCWA show uh, Saturday, uh, May 31st, 4 o'clock in the afternoon at the uh, Knights of Pythias Hall in National City. uh, it should be a fun match. We got uh, Aaron Aguilera is scheduled to appear, so um, knowing his past, we'll see if he uh, shows up. Um, we've also got uh, Locura against uh, Ariel Star. Uh, Rick and Vic. It'll definitely be fun. Yeah. Um, Rick and Vic Dynamic uh, will be in uh, tag team action against Matt Twist and SoCal Crazy. And uh, with that, will definitely be a fun match as well. Now, now, what is this June fourth? What, what, what's this this about? This free show oh, well, that you guys are having? Oh well, this one I'm talking about right now is WCWA. Oh okay. Um, this is WCWA. It's a different. It's um, uh, they've they've run a couple shows now and. Uh, Hopefully they'll be they'll be back every month. Uh, this is their uh, I think it's their second or third show now, um, coming back from you know early 2000s. Um, uh, next we've got uh, Ricky Mandel and Evangelic 
um, which will definitely be a fun match as well. Um, we've seen them both regularly uh, for SoCal Pro um, over this last year, so it'll it'll definitely be a fun match with those two. Um, but um, about what you were asking about, uh, June 4th is going to be a SoCal Pro show at Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a free show for uh, everybody who comes out. Um, uh, it starts at 4 o'clock and it goes to about 7.30. And uh, at 8 o'clock, the uh, Mexican national soccer team will be taking on Argentina. And uh, so we'll be putting on a free show uh, for uh, anybody who comes out for the soccer as well as if you just want to come out just for the wrestling. And that will be at uh, starting at 4 o'clock. I, I have to ask, Jeff, how did you get that gig? Uh, I just got a call one day. Um, oh, really? Just out of the blue? Uh, just... uh, yeah, I got a call from the company who's who's helping put on some stuff for the show. Is it uh, uh, Budweiser? Uh, no, it's um, it's uh, Coke is is helping put on that, which is uh, oh, okay, which is that's big, right. Which is the big? Because... Which is the big? They're the big sponsor for the soccer game. Well, they they what they did was they did this a, uh, a few weeks ago up in Seattle. Yeah, and uh, uh, Buddy Wayne uh, brought out his ring, and uh, a couple local guys up there put on masks, and they, you know, they did what they call lucha. Um, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, to be honest, none of them, you know, luchadors. They just put on yeah, masks. yeah. But you know, they didn't care. The fans didn't care. You know, the no, no. I mean, the the soccer fans are 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 football. Fans are are a breed unlike any other. They are just rabid, insane people, and and I'm not knocking it. I mean, I I love their passion, and and uh, these guys are like you know they every little thing that they did in the ring, you know they they weren't killing themselves, but the fans were going nuts. So you know you you and your boys are are in for a good time. You guys are gonna have a blast that day, you know and and. You know, congratulations! It's an honor, you know, that that you you and your company get to you know go go out there and showcase your talents. Um, so, what talent do you have booked for the show? Uh, we've got four matches lined up. Uh, uh, no particular order because I'm sure they'll change. Um, we've got a uh, SoCal Crazy will be taking on Matt Twisted. Um, Alex Saint and Ryan Stone. We'll be taking on Crash and the Blue Wonder Kid. Uh, we will be seeing uh, Lokira and El Bandito taking on Ariel Star and Ricky Mandel. Mm, that's interesting. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting match. You get a bunch of different dudes in there. It's it's oh, not guys that you'd normally see tagging with each other, but yeah, it'll exactly. definitely be uh yeah it'll, it'll definitely be a fun interesting match. Um, and the next one we've got is Conde Jr. taking on Commando Number One. Um, and, uh, it'll uh, we'll probably be seeing a, a few more guys added to that match as well. So, so that's going to be your 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 one lucha match, right? Um, yeah, it, I mean, uh, is it, it, it Commando Commando a luchador? Uh, yes, he is. Okay, cool. So, I mean, there's you you got guys mixed in everywhere. Um, uh, straight lucha. That's 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 the one match that'll be uh, 
Yeah, that, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. No, no offense to to uh, uh, Bandito or or Soka Crazy or anybody else out there. No offense. Um, I I meant more traditional type lucha. I'm sorry. I don't want to insult anybody, hurt anybody's feelings. With, I don't with no no white guys know. involved. There you go. <laughs> and then all you need to do is put the you know the zebra in there to referee, and you're good. There you go. And and if anybody's a fan of El Zebra, uh, he'll be there uh, taking on the referee duties. Tremendous. That's tremendous stuff. So it'll be it'll uh, definitely guys, be a fun show. So for anybody out here uh, next Wednesday, a week from this Wednesday. Uh, June 4th at Qualcomm Stadium, uh, completely free. Um, I guess the only thing you need money for is a couple beers to watch the wrestling. Mm, that's tremendous. Because they'll, they'll be out in the parking lot passing out free Coke and free energy drinks to anybody. So uh, come on out and uh, have some fun. It'll be from 4 to 7.30 on June 4th. So when is the uh, actual, um, after this June 4th, when is the next SoCal Pro Show? The next uh, SoCal Pro Show will be June 21st. And uh, we've got a card up now. Uh, We've got uh, the main event will be Jason Redondo with uh, his manager, KNT, taking on Tommy Wilson. Um, Should be a fun match. We haven't seen Tommy Wilson uh, too much down here in San Diego lately. Uh, So we'll... uh, See what he can do up against Jason Wasn't he Ronaldo. a WCWA original? Uh, yeah, he he was doing a lot of stuff in WCWA, but you know that was that was back in you know 2001, 2002. Um, but he he did wrestle at a WCWA show la- uh, last year. Um, so we'll see uh, we'll see what, how the fans like him in SoCal Pro. I'm, I'm doing my show. Uh, the, Next match we got is the Ballard Brothers taking on Johnny Goodtime and Evangelic. Well, whenever those four are in there, you know, it's going to be, you know you're going to get a solid match. You know, I've seen them a few times. It's going to be solid, no matter what. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say they're going to steal the show, but it's going to be solid. But that's, it, that's it'll def- fucking It'll definitely be, definitely be a great match. So, you're right, with any, any, any one of those four guys is, is going to be a good match. Um, next up, we've got the NWA Heavyweight Championship uh, with Scrap Iron Adam Pierce taking on uh, the debuting Scorpio Sky and SoCal Pro. You know, you just made Scorpio Sky's year. Um, I had Scorp on on the show. Uh, was it last week or the week before? And and he that's one of his quote unquote dream opponents is is Adam Pierce. So. I think it was yeah I think it was last last Tuesday when you had him on and uh, actually the match was was pretty much booked uh, before he even said that and he just didn't know who he was working at. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, don't you get that that don't you have that nice little warm fuzzy feeling in your gut, man? You get to make Scorpio happy, and you know if you make that gentleman happy and if you take care of him, he is a very loyal loyal person and he is a great addition to the SoCal Pro Wrestling uh, uh, roster. I would love to see him and Ariel Starr in the ring. That that would be pretty interesting. Maybe get that down the road. Um, that, that's going to be my, my pick for Match of the Night, Scorpio Sky and Adam Pierce. 
but actually, now if Adam Pierce is on the show, that's automatically my choice for match of the night. <laughs> it's just a fucking given. There you, know, you go. <laughs> it's just he's just you know eons above everybody else. Um, but yeah, so you have the title match. So next up, we've got a SoCal Crazy, which will be taking on a a mystery opponent, which uh, is going to be an opponent of uh, TNT's choice. Uh, at the last show, they made the challenge that if he uh, SoCal Crazy wants another shot at Jason Redondo, he'll need to go through a gauntlet of challengers uh, that TNT handpicks for him. And uh, if he loses, he will not get a shot at the title. But if he uh, beats all of these men, he will get a chance at the title that Jason Rodondo holds. And uh, so we don't uh, know is who this the... A, is this a one-night gauntlet, or is it a gauntlet over a certain number of shows? Uh, it's not It's not a one-night. Uh, if oh, he okay. loses uh, at this next show, that's it. Uh, if he wins at this next show, he'll need to face another opponent at the next show. The SoCal and, Crazy uh, Challenge Series. And uh, so it'll definitely be interesting to see who uh, who comes in every month to uh, face SoCal Crazy. Pandolero, Pandolero, Pandolero. <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the next match we've got, uh, last but not least, Cool Imagery, which is uh, Hector Canales and Ricky Mandel taking on the Cutler Brothers, and uh, which will definitely be just a great match as well. Um, the, the Cutlers the, have been on fire all over the place, man. The Cutlers have been all over. You're right. They've been all over the place. They've they've been on the last few SoCal Pro shows. Everybody hates them. Uh, so uh, it works for uh, Ricky Mandel and Hector Canales. And uh, Ricky Mandel, Ricky Mandel's been on a, his, his now winning streak of, of two matches that he's won. Uh, we'll see if he, they can pick it up as a tag team. Wow. Sounds like another stacked SoCal Pro show. Pretty good. That's uh, I, I have to commend you again for bringing in Scorpio Sky. Um, that's going to be a fun match, and I cannot wait for the DVD release. Um, speaking of DVD releases um, for SoCal Pro, what is the the most recent uh, SoCal Pro Wrestling show that's available? Uh, you can purchase the uh, one year anniversary show. Um. It, it didn't come in last time I said it was in because it was coming in like that day, but uh, uh, we'll have it for you now. Um, the one-year anniversary show from April with Alcatraz the... taking on Jason Redondo for the vacant world title. Oh, cool. Cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when is... Uh... Now that that weekend that you're running the 21st of June um is uh Oscar and LLII running that same weekend? Do you know? Uh, I don't know yet. Um Oscar has a show coming up on the uh on the 8th. Mm-hmm. Um, it's coming up on the 8th and uh, I believe what two weeks. Um which should be a good show. Uh, I don't know the main event. I know uh, Super Astro will be returning for that show, I think. Um, oh, cool. Well, he's always fun. Uh, and he's always fun to see. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I will be running uh, on the 22nd, the day after my show, or not. It's um, this last show, they're, they're, they did one a month. Usually they do uh, two shows every month, so we'll see if they do that, the next one on the 22nd. 
see. There is a poster on the MySpace for LLII, but I get confused by this. Jeez, Oscar, organize, brother. <laughs> I'm all, it's all over the place. See, but you can't you can't say my MySpace is all over the place. It's nice and clean. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find the event poster here. Uh, okay, here we go. We have booked on the 8th of June, which is my birthday. We have Super Astro, Angel Blanco Jr., Eo Del Diablo Jr., Eo Del Espectro Jr., SoCal Crazy, Matt Twisted, and your personal favorite tag team, Los Pendeleros, Número Uno and Dos. Ah, we got Numero Uno is returning, I see. Yes. Yeah. And he is very fun to watch as well, if you're a fan of Number Two, which I am. Well, they're really good, and they've, they've been doing their thing, you know, in Southern California and Tijuana forever, and, you know, I mean, even losing their, you know, mask, hair, and everything, they still come back, and um, they're they're really good mix. Uh, they they could do the, the traditional, you know, technical lucha, and they can brawl, and, you know, that... That's some good stuff. Um, yeah, they they didn't announce any matches, but uh, yeah, those are the talent that they have uh, signed. So yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a fun show. Um, yeah, I mean, what 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 can you say about Oscar? You know, I mean, the guy is going strong. You know, he keeps drawing. Okay, Jeff, I'm going to cut you off. Um, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it, brother. I'll be talking no to you problem. soon. All right, we'll talk to you later. All right, take care now. Bye. All right, that was uh, Jeff Dino, the owner of SoCal Pro Wrestling and WrestleWarehouse.com. On the line, I have the XPW motherfucking King of the Death matches. My mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Still King Brilliant. of the Death match. How you doing, baby? How you feeling, I'm, brother? I'm, I'm good as I could be, man. I'm sore as fuck. My ankle's twisted, but I'm good as I can be. It's all gravy, man. And mm-hmm. nothing a little beer won't help, won't hurt, man. It's cool. Definitely. <laughs> all right, well, Saturday night was your show. Yeah, it turned out to be, yeah. Let's, uh, let's break it down, man. Let's break it down. Um, my dumb ass couldn't get down there. But I want you to let the listeners know what you and Dylan did to each other. Oh man, that's pretty. It's pretty harsh. It's kind of hard to describe. You guys, uh, I mean, let's just say I've never taken a Russian leg sweep off the apron into a barbed wire uh, light tube table. Oof. <laughs> it was insane. Let's see, I went through. I went through rat traps. Uh, both of us got hit each other with tubes. One thing is, it's a little bit easier wrestling him is he he wrestles barefoot. Mm-hmm. He had a little bit of advantage on me in the ring, and I was in the corner, and then he comes running towards me. I throw some thumbtacks. We had, like, 20,000 20, thumbtacks in a bucket. Mm-hmm. I threw the bucket out, and he was running. It, just, it looked so cartoonish because you just see him slowly <laughs> stop, and he's like, oh, shit. And then I was oh. able to take a little bit of advantage there, and my ankle was screwed at the end. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Basically, there's some tubes and some light uh, thumbtacks set on the floor and barbed wire. I got them in a move. Uh, it's basically a move where uh, 
I put my head between his legs. I pick him up. So he's on my back. I have his legs, you know, the back of his thighs, and his head's basically in my ass. And then I drop to my knees onto everything, and I pinned him off that. One, two, three. Yeah, well, Very I, good I, match, I, though. When I heard when I heard about the the thumbtacks uh, in the corner, I was like, okay, that's it, I'm sold. That's fun stuff. Um, but you know, leave it to you, you and uh, you and Necro to come up with something wacky. And you know, it's those small things, man, that that you know sets your matches apart from, say, Pondo or or the other the other deathmatch workers, because those small things, you know, make the fans take notice, and you know. Because there's only so many ways you can go through, you know, barbed wire or through a table or whatnot. But mm. I can I cannot wait for the Blu-ray DVD release of this. Um, and let me just go out there and say, you know, I've def- I've wrestled several. You know, I'm not just talking about any wrestlers that I wrestled in deathmatch. I'm talking about the the deathmatch icons. You know, the Ians, the Axels, the Hondos, and you know, and whatnot. And I have to tell you right now, I have nothing but respect for Necro Butcher. He is by far, I think, the most, other than me, <laughs> gifted deathmatch wrestler out there. Much respect to him. I mean, I, it took took my all to beat him. You know, I had to pull it out of nowhere towards the end there, but, yeah, much, nothing but respect for him. Well, and know, I'm happy he accepted my challenge. There you go. Uh, ne- Necro is, he, he is of higher intelligence. He is, when he decides to hang up his can't say boots, but um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all morning to make that joke. But uh, when when he finally hangs it up, um, he's going to you know make a make a great Booker um, running a running a company of his own because because he's very intelligent. He has really really good ideas, and I think that you know there 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 may be you know a future, not XCW, but there may be you know. Uh, uh, a future hardcore promotion out there because there still is a market um, if if things are done correctly. Um, now, as far as uh, the LA scene, um, since the last time I had you on, you know we, we were discussing that there really isn't any hardcore. Do you think that that this show kind of got those juices flowing again? Oh, definitely, and it's, I think the juices were there, <laughs> but it's like everyone was, has been wanting it. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, it's like a lot of independent shows, you know, they don't really promote themselves very well. You know, it's like, and, and then when they put, like, the hardcore guys on the shows, you know, they don't pre- promote it as well. If you promote it well, if you get out there and you have people flyering, you have people doing this and doing that, getting it out there to the fans that are out there, because the fans are out there, and it showed it Saturday. That place was packed, and they were bloodthirsty, yeah. and they loved it. They totally it was, dug every part of it. I heard it was like it. sardines, man. You know, I heard it was like a fucking uh, subway in New York City in, in rush hour. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would compare it more to the, a Japanese subway because those are insane. And when school gets know. out and business gets out, it's like those are insane. That's how it was. I mean, it was packed. I mean, it was beautiful. I loved it. I did the Who Am I? I? I got it every corner and did it, and I got the supreme response. And you know, they they missed us, they missed me, they missed everything about XPW, and they loved it and they totally dug it. Now, I'm going to tell you this, brother. I heard this from four different people that do not know each other that were at the show that you got the largest, loudest pop of any worker when they came out. <laughs> oh, sorry. 
You know, <laughs> That's they, why they, I was in the back with everybody else's. Mine was pretty loud, and, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, your theme played, and bam, it was on. And, yeah, and it's weird because we had different music, and that's what I was kind of worried about because, you know, they wanted to come up with our own music so we could, you know, we could actually put it out on DVDs and stuff and right. have rights to everything. But the great part about the music is, like, uh, Kevin Kleinlock, you know, he, he hooked up with me, and we got to collaborate a bit on it, and I gave him a little bit of things, what I wanted and here and there, and, you know, basically in the beginning they said, you know, basically you're, like, you know, talked it through. It's like, who am I? You know, someone else says it, and then some girl sang Supreme, so... It's obvious I'm coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, I, I, I really feel that, you know, it's 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 a fresh start for you guys, or at least something. Um, either yeah. HPW will continue or some something like an offshoot will, will you know, a Phoenix will rise from the ashes. Um, hopefully. Um maybe this is an opportunity for the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy to get into the promoting business. <laughs> that would be nice. That would definitely be nice. And just uh, let me just give a shout out right now to all the students of Santino Brothers that helped out because they were basically the crew for the show and they impressed everybody. And they were awesome, you know, Saturday night. I don't think the show would have went off as, you know, half as good as it was, you know, without the students. I mean, they basically they did the deathmatch stuff, they set up the ring, they they did everything. Hey, you know what though? That's a testament to you, Angel, uh, Mongol, and Chaos. You're teaching these, you're teaching these boys and girls the the right way. You know, you're you're showing them the right way, and I can't commend you guys enough. You know, there's a handful of schools out there that are doing it the right way, and I commend you. Thank you. It's mostly chaos, but thank you. <laughs> he can't get it all the credit, brother. He, he, you know, he may be numero uno in SoCal, but you know, he can't get all the credit. We got to give you some, and you know that fruity little bastard angel. <laughs> yeah, right. but that, that the whole night was just—it was just so groovy. I mean, just meeting up with everybody, people I haven't seen in years, and it's just—it was awesome. Just seeing the fans and the fan fest, and especially fans giving me a bottle of Jack Daniels and some uh, King Cobra. I mean, you just can't beat that. <laughs> Tremendous. So you were ready to go after. Awesome. That's cool. Well, it's it, it's really good to hear you guys do very well. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Other than um, teaching at the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy, um, do you have anything else coming up? Or are you uh, taking any bookings or? Um, just I mean, if I'll take bookings if they come up. But right right now, I'll probably be a couple weeks because I'm sitting here limping around right now. But <laughs> anybody ever wants to use me, I'm open up for it. So so it's just a sprain, right? It's not a break. Uh, yeah, it's a sprain because I'm walking on it. So cool, cool. So you you got out re- relatively unscathed, which is yeah. good. <laughs> now, um, as far as uh, working in in SoCal, um, do you have a problem with you know traveling like going going south to San Diego or or uh, maybe you know farther north to like Fresno? Would would that be you know if you were offered you know a shot you know hey you know we'll we'll bring you in we'll, would you be willing to take a booking like uh, like in San Diego? Yeah, it depends on the situations. If I you know with, with me, I'm a I'm a lazy ass when it comes to driving. <laughs> so if it's a place where you got to drive to, I need someone to give me a ride. If I got a ride, I go anywhere. 
Yeah, but see, you have your you have your young boys to do it, so <laughs> it's called paying your dues. <laughs> yeah, take me here. <laughs> exactly. But no, I'm pretty much I'm open up for pretty much anything. I mean, you know, I'm I'm open up for anywhere. Well, I'll tell you when that when the uh, DVD of this show hits, man, you're going to be getting quite a few phone calls. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, you'll be able to pick up some some bookings, and we'll we'll get a uh, some new DVD footage of you, brother. Groovy. <clears throat> you know, it's always fun to uh, pop in the DVDs and check out the fun stuff. You know, I mean, you know, I'm uh, I'm up here in NorCal, and uh, I don't I don't get to you know go to many SoCal shows, but you know I I'm not going to say that I prefer SoCal. Um, it's just a, a different they they do business differently, and it's a good change. Um, so. Any of your students are are any of them ready to take that next step, or or are they you know just uh you know taking little baby steps as far as breaking in? Uh, yeah, we're gonna go with it. Uh, Cass is gonna go with uh, baby steps and break steps and breaking them in, and uh, I, I don't think it'll be too long. But you know, like I said, it all goes because it it all you know ends up with chaos and how he decides and if he thinks they're ready for it or not for them to go out there. But I, I really don't think it's gonna be a little bit too long for some of them. Well, um, does do you know if uh, Chaos has any bookings coming up? I, I haven't seen his his name around at all. Yeah, he was kind of taking it slow because of his knee. He was really worried about his knee, but the match came out great with him. I mean, he had a good time. He didn't, you know. I think he rested. He had to rest it before beforehand, definitely. You know, if I don't, I think if he did a couple of bookings before that, his knee something might have happened. So he was smart. He took the time off. And uh, he was ready, and I think I, I do think he was 100%, and he was ready, and he, you know, he handed to Vampiro. And um, he's probably open now. I'm not too sure. I mean, his knee seemed pretty good after it, um, but that's on him. His back was kind of fucked up, but <laughs> wow. it was all groovy. <laughs> yeah, I heard about it. That's, uh... <laughs> Thanks, Vamp. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you take it and take it part of me and Necro's stuff, dude. That's what the thing that's fucked up. Because <laughs> they they had all our deathmatch stuff like on the side, so everyone could see it. So I mean, then Vampiro, being a jackass that he is, came out and grabbed it, jacked it from us, and used it on Chaos. Oh, man, that's horrible. <laughs> that's just not right. But you know what? There's there, there's nothing wrong with you know a rib from time to time with family. So. You know, they, they could get away with it. Um, actually, uh, I do have a booking for Chaos June 28th in San Diego at the downtown YMCA for New Wave Pro Wrestling. He will be in a four-way ladder match for the New Wave Pro title. He'll be in there with Matt Twisted, SoCal Crazy, and Baby Slim. That should be pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, Chaos's knee's doing all right and... You know they're gonna they're gonna tear it down. With those four guys, you know you can't not have a bad match. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're good. just you know just a really really fun uh, uh, group of guys there. Um, well, you know what? Let's let's uh, dip into your past a little bit. Um, have you ever gotten in the ring with Webb? Yeah, we were in the Baptizing Blood too. We were in the second round, me and him, and it was really 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 good match. 
It was a death match, and it was a really good match. Then even before XPW, uh, when me and Chaos were Supreme Chaos, we uh, wrestled them in U. What was it? UIWA. It was a you know a local thing out here right before XPW started. We wrestled them. It was uh, him and a couple other white trash guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up my alley, man. I love Johnny yeah. Webb. I love oh, yeah, he's guy. a great guy. He's a trip. He's a great guy, though. <laughs> yeah, he's he's opinionated, and, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. And yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, and you, you can't fault the guy for that, you know? Uh-huh. He, he does this because he enjoys it. He doesn't have to. You know, he's got a, a really good paying job, and, and but I won't break kayfabe on that. But he... Uh, <laughs> He, yeah, I know he, where you're coming from with that. Title. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I don't don't want to out him. Well, not quite out him, but <laughs> that's not right. I better be careful. He, he may come on up here and get me. But <clears throat> excuse me. Let's see. Okay. So, uh, have you uh, seen any any uh, wrestling footage recently that you know that's really caught your eye? <laughs> I, I'm. Uh... Um, not really because I haven't really looked over that DVD yet. But I do want to let you know that 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 uh, the Al Snow Sabu match. Mm-hmm. Do you know the? Do you? When was the last time you've seen that? It was in P- Pomona, California, right? Yeah, '94. Yeah, and if you look in the crowd, you're gonna see me and Chaos cheering and marking out huge. Really. Definitely, okay. well, and I, I, I have the buy hawks, but I do not have the buy hawks because Hawk was on that show. It wasn't for Hawk. I back in the day, I was a huge mark for Vader, so I had my buy hawks. <laughs> but yeah, definitely go back and look at that match again, and then you're gonna see me and Chaos. Chaos isn't gonna be the blonde, <laughs> but you're gonna see us marking out and just screaming like crazy there. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Okay, <laughs> um, I. I do have an announcement from uh, one of my sponsors, Fog City Wrestling. Um, they are in negotiations with bringing in possibly uh, one of my favorite tag teams, Masato Tanaka and Akuta Hadaka. They're uh, negotiating to bring those guys in. I would cream my shorts if I get to see Masato Tanaka live. Um, <laughs> well, what do you think of that guy? I, I think you and Masato Tanaka would have some fun. Oh, we wrestled when I was in SMW. We wrestled, well, not like one-on-one. We wrestled like it was an eight-man. It was like I'd, I'd have, you know, it was me, I believe it was uh, Homeless Jimmy and um, Kenny Mora and and Bose. He passed away. I always forgot his name because they always just call him Bose, the guy in the yellow trunks that ran, basically ran SMW for a bit. I think he Bose. passed away. Can't. Yeah, I think so. No, 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 not go to. It was after. Oh, this is, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm horrible. Got me. <laughs> and then we it was us against Hayabusa, uh, Tanaka, and a couple other guys. But uh, we did that a couple of times uh, during the tour, and it was, it was kind of good working. I had a I had a tendency working. I even worked him in a in a pay per view. Tanaka. It was uh, me, Kenimura, and Pogo against Tanaka and. Uh, uh, Hosaka and uh, Mamos Suzaki. And that was a good match. Well, you, you but, mentioned Pogo. What do you think of that dude? Oh, I love Pogo. He's great. Get along really well with him. He's looking good. I've seen him, you know, I've seen him sad. I always see him every now and then, you know, and we really bonded when we did that FMW tour. 
so we got along really well after that and uh you know we call each other mostly he calls me because i'm really bad with calling people but we you know we see each other every now and when we do shows and stuff and it's, it's always a good time yeah i'm 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 interested to to see his match with sandman from saturday mm-hmm. um just uh you know hack is hack and you know Hack, Hack doesn't give a fuck. You can hit him as hard as you want. He doesn't care. He's drunk, so <laughs> doesn't matter. And then the match, yeah, but I'll, I'm talking about matches though. What I really liked is uh, with the, the the battle royal they had with the uh, the former students and uh, just kind of certain alumni of XPW. Mm-hmm. I just want to tell you, a former student and a current tag team partner of mine won it with Carnage. He won it, so I was very proud of that. <laughs> That's cool. That's so, one um, half of the human did, monsters. <laughs> who did they Who did they have in the Battle Royal? I, I didn't get a listing of who was in it. Oh, they had a bunch of people. Like, you know, from way back in the early shows, they had Pancho Kila, uh, Phenomenal Phil, um, they had Stepfather, Stepchild, you know, the, the current, you know, kind of a local tag team. They had Carnage, they had Youth Suicide, Robbie Phoenix, um... A Joey Dynamite, um, and, and you know they had a bunch. I just I can't remember the names of the rest of them, but yeah, they had a bunch of guys. Though you know they had like I said, old alumni and then former students that are now wrestling, and they were able to put them in that match. And I thought it was it was great. And uh, when Carnage and much respect when Carnage did win because it was kind of a Dynamite D tournament, you know, because mm-hmm. he taught everybody and basically all the the alumni that was in it, he basically taught them back in the Slammers days. So when uh, Carnage won the, the the trophy, he he handed it to uh, you know you know the late Dynamite D's uh, mother, which is really very heartfelt and it was it was a great moment and I think it was really classy on his half. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool that uh, that he shows that respect. You know, D brother, you are still missed and you always will be. Um, let's talk about it. Give me a funny dynamite d story oh my god he had so many i mean the, the i can't pinpoint one but just the thing was he was great at telling horrible jokes he was just he would tell jokes and then there's not many too many people you right you know that tell jokes and he always told jokes and it was just like he was just and he'd always tell him and I uh, you know I don't want to say a couple of them because some of them were pretty harsh so but he did say like really bad jokes but he'd be out there and you know he'd like show my son when he was younger you know he'd like you know show magic tricks and stuff he was just that kind of guy he was just so like anybody he would meet everyone loved him and everyone was like you know you know he was just cool he was just he had the jokes he had the magic tricks for the kids and he just you know what i mean he's just yeah other than wrestling he just always kind of entertained he was awesome entertained the boys yeah definitely i mean everybody (laughs) you know he's he's one of the one of the few where he just didn't go out and and entertain the fans he would entertain the boys he's a lot like chris candido was where Candido would, you know, go out there and, you know, tear the house down, but then he would do spots for just the boys in the back. Yeah, because definitely. He was, you, guys, he was you guys deserve to, to laugh and be entertained as well, you know, because uh, you, you guys have your time back there. And, you know, 
D is missed, man. Oh, and and one yeah. thing I do want to say, since you say bring up one thing, one thing I do want to mention about D, because D was known as the technical wrestler. And he was like, you know, the world's great to us. We always say the world's greatest wrestler. But he blessed me with giving me a death match. He never did a death match before. And he gave, he, it was me and him and uh, another another wrestler. But, you know, he was... I don't think he would have done it with anybody else, but he respected me that much. That's the way I felt with him because we're friends and respected me that much that he did give me a death match. And I can honestly be out there and say, you know, I had a death match with Dynamite D. Wow. What show was that on? Oh, I'm horrible with names. <laughs> <laughs> I really would not. Be. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm just going to tell you now, and uh, you know, all the times I'm going to be on your show later on, it's like I never know what shows anything is. <laughs> Next time Angel's on, bring it up to him. He'll probably know. <laughs> there you go. Because he's go. great with that, what, the names of the shows and who did what. And I'm like, what? What are you talking? And I'm like, I guess because I was drunk in the back. No, I think one too many chair shots, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. All right, brother. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about you know this this past show. Um, we'll definitely have to have you on uh, probably within the next couple months. Um, hopefully, something pops for you when this DVD drops. Um, I have the feeling that not just you, but there are going to be a, a few more boys getting a few more bookings after after this drops. Um, but uh, congratulations on on the uh, on the good showing and the the good draw. And you know this is a shoot, brother. You and Necro drew the house. Thank you very much. Okay. And I just want to go on record right now, and I just want to tell you that on the shoot, thank you very much for your support. Thank Rubber Guard Radio for putting me on before and put me on after, and and I will always be on. You know, I consider you a friend now, and I thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And uh, management at Big Vision, if you're listening, Dr. Keith, please send me a free DVD. But, <laughs> hey, if if not, give me a call. I'll hook you up. <laughs> there it is. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on again, man. It, it was it was my pleasure. And that was we'll mine. Be, Thank uh, you very much. Hitting you up soon. All right, cool. Groove it. All right, take care, man. All right, you too. Bye. All right, that was uh, the fuck with it, not even XPW, he was the king of the deathmatch on the independent level, my dog, Supreme, him and Necro tore it up this past Saturday, you guys need to go out of your way to get the, the Blu-ray DVD of uh, Cold Day in Hell, XPW reunion when it comes out, uh, Big Vision Entertainment, uh, bigvisionentertainment.com, I think, I'm I'm horrible with the websites, but Keep keep your eyes out for that. Um, we'll, we'll announce it on the show as soon as it comes out. Um, just you know, because of, you have to see it. The uh, Necro and Supreme, you have to see it. Okay, we're running down to our last minute. So, plug the sponsors once again. FogCityWrestling.com, July fifth, San Francisco. Uh, oh, top to bottom, man. You can get the lineup. I went through it again. Um, it's gonna be fun stuff. Come on out, uh, visit me. I'll be there. Um, I will be the idiot in the Rebel Guard Radio T-shirt. Uh, FogCityWrestling.com once again, and WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, all your 
wrestling DVD, T-shirts, uh, WWE swag, um, action figures, um, all kinds of stuff. Um, let uh, Jeff Dino know that KZ from RiverGuard Radio sent you. Uh, SoCalProWrestling.com, NewWavePROWrestling.com. Um, if you want to hit us on MySpace, it would be MySpace.com backslash Radio. And also you can check out our website, which will be getting updated very soon with some new columns, uh, rubberguardradio.com. Um, if you're a worker, uh, fan, hell, anybody, uh, you know, run your own company, you need to promote something, want to come on the air and talk some shit, hit me up on MySpace, or you can email me directly, kidzombie2000 at AOL.com. All right, guys, I will talk to you all tomorrow.